Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor, who was also set to star in the feature film School Ties until the original director had to drop out and the new director unceremoniously replaced him with Brendan Fraser, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, oh. your favorite eternal Ensign, Garrett Wong. Oh, like that intro? Bringing up a heartbreaking loss I of a job. No, know, but if it, you yes. know, if you didn't lose it, there's a good chance you wouldn't have been on Voyager and you probably would not be doing this podcast. So that's true. That's why that's I bring true. it up. Okay. But I also bring it up because... I'm just saying that you were basically in the same league as Brendan Fraser because you booked the role before he did, you know? Yeah. So I got this movie school ties as the lead role. Mm-hmm. And then the director fell out. Stanley Jaffe was the original director. Yeah. And he fell out because of a conflict with some other things. So we were kind of on hold for a few months. And in the meantime, they found a new director, Robert Mandel. But mm. when he came on board, he saw the role a very different way. And so he recast a couple of roles, but he recast mine. So Brendan yeah. Fraser got the job and yeah. And I was out. Yeah. Oh, I heartbreaking. Know. But you know, like I said, there's a good chance you may not have been on Voyager if you That's took true. that role. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about our contest coming up. Yes. Costume so contest. We, we've decided to do a Delta Flyers Halloween costume contest. <laughs> you do a you do a costume contest at Dragon Con every year. Uh, yeah, we, well, we do. a Yeah, there's a costume contest. We do a Star Trek universe contest. So, you know, we have a lot of different contests at Dragon Con. Yeah. So this is our Delta Flyers version. Yeah. Of a, uh, a Halloween contest. All right. So let me just give the breakdown. Let me give the 411 the information. You have to submit a photo of your yourself or your kids or your pet in a trek related costume and to keep everyone honest in terms of you know so you don't pull up some photo from 1999 or something the photo must contain a handwritten sign or note with hashtag tdf for the delta flyers in the photo hashtag tdf someone's got to hold that in the photo and those submissions can be mailed to the Delta Flyers at gmail.com. Make sure your submission is in by November the 3rd because that's right around the corner. You've got about a couple of weeks, I think, a little less than two weeks to get that submission in. There's going to be how many winners, Robbie? Three winners. We're going to have three different prizes. Okay. Uh, one in each of these categories. We'll have a winner for most creative. Yep. We'll have a winner for most realistic. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a winner for cutest, of course, oh, because okay. cute, cuteness is deserves a prize. Mm-hmm. Um, winners will be announced on our podcast, and they'll also be featured in our social media accounts. Yes, and winners will be mailed an autograph photo from Tom and Harry, Tom Paris and Harry Kim. Mm-hmm. Will send you an autograph photo as a prize for your costume. Uh, we'll email all the winners to get an address to send the photos to. So get your submissions in for the Delta Flyers Halloween Star Trek costume contest. Uh, It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see what people do. Me too. 
Very yeah. exciting. All righty. So are you ready for this week's episode? Yes, I am. Yeah? Yes, okay. I am. All right. Well, this week's episode is unique in that it has the name of the ship that we are on in the title of the episode. Wow. It's the Voyager okay. Conspiracy. So that's rare. We never have that. Very so, rare. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let us, without further ado, go watch this episode and come right back with our recap and discussion of the Voyager Conspiracy. All of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material okay everybody we are back from watching the voyager conspiracy yes, yes. we are oh my god Ooh. seven went crazy <laughs> she uh, yeah she started uh she went started down a spelling. dark rabbit hole she did but you know I, i'm really impressed with jerry ryan for knowing all that dialogue i mean i'm gonna say that oh this is God. probably the most dialogue heavy for any series regular of any episode up until now i i don't know of anyone who had to spout that much techno babble out lists and lists List of evidence and, and yeah it was you a just lot. imagine memorizing all that I mean, I, and it, by it just, the way it oh. wasn't easy for me taking notes in this episode <laughs> For our podcast, because of all that, I incredible! I just want this a shout a out to me. I'm gonna for making. I'm gonna notes. give you a shout out, Robbie McNeil. You are so impressive in that yes, you, thank you took notes through this very dense, this dense is the, dialogue yes. uh, episode. It's the hardest kind of episode to review on the it podcast is. because. You're right. You're like, wait, do I need to note that I, and that? And, uh, oh, my God. She's, there's more information. Do I need to note all this information? Is that important for the podcast? I think my job was harder than Jerry's. I, I is agree. What I, is, that's what I'm saying. I, okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But, yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the amount of dialogue, they threw everything at her, including the kitchen yes. sink. It's like unbelievable. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's start off with our, our poetry synopsis. Let's and do it. Here's my haiku for the Voyager conspiracy. Okay. Seven overloads. Paranoid questions abound. Janeway brings her back. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. That was a nice haiku. Thank you. Thank you. That's All a right. very, it, it like covers the story in a yeah. very elegant and succinct way. I and like poetic. It. Poetic. And very you poetic. like that? Paranoid questions abound. Yes. So, okay. All right. I, I spent this some was time a, on that. Let's this go. was a tough one limerick wise because really? because of what you said, there was so much information. Yeah. It's hard for me to be funny on this one. I get but it. I but tried I, to capture the the story too. So let's yeah, see. But 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 I'm just gonna say before you begin that I don't think any limerick is too hard for Rebecca. I don't think so. Rebecca is good at everything. <laughs> the two of you together. All right. Okay. Here we let's go. hear it. Voyager discovers a way to shorten their trip duration. Meanwhile, Seven is consuming a lot of information. First, she accused Janeway. Then she turned on Chakotay. In the end, the captain laid out the factual narration. Nice. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> I like pretty that. good. I like, I like that good. a lot. That's a, Oh, good. That's very catchy and very creative and and. I'm always impressed with your limerick. So good job. Thank you, sir. Thank All you. Right. This was written by Joe Minoski. I think you called it on I that one. I completely guessed that one. And I got lucky. Yes. Um, did we get the... Uh, what was no. the other thing? Terry no. Wendell is Terry the director. Terry Wendell the director. Yeah. How many do you think he did? He did a few. I don't know how many he did. We, okay. we can look that up. But I want to say three or four. Yeah. This is one of his. He, he kind of came in late in the show. And that was hard for a lot of 
the directors that came in late on our show because okay. we were so set in our ways. Yeah. But I think anybody coming in with, you know, just a different energy or different approach, I think sometimes either they struggled or we struggled. <laughs> I felt right. a little bit of that with Terry sometimes. Like, okay. you know, there were some directors like Alan Craker, who I love, right. or, you know, Les Landau, Uncle Les, that we love so much. Yeah. Terry's one that I don't remember a lot about, but I do remember feeling like he came in late and yeah. we were set in our ways. And well, I, I still think he was easy to work with though. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think he was, you know, he didn't no. rub anybody the wrong way no. like that, no. but you're right. When you come in that late in the game, everybody's in their rhythm. Everybody's in their groove already. Yeah. So it yeah. gets, it gets to be quite It's a difficult. tougher, it's yeah. a tougher job for those directors. I to agree. Um, our guest star is Albie Selznick. Yes. Who we have had before. Yeah. So if you recall, he was the, one of the um, tech tech, he was the tech tech console, the aliens that kind of spoke with their, yeah. their hands and their body movements in which the is, episode macrocosm, which is funny because he did a little of that in this episode. He did. Which he is, did. you know he what did. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it kind of bled over a little bit. It, it was like the farewells <laughs> and uh, and the uh, you know good luck. See you on the other side. His hands he did, were. He did some type of little like heart thing, or I don't know what that was. That goodbye that he did. It was uh, it was very well, interesting. It's, it's interesting because when I looked at his resume, yeah, he's he's a movement specialist. He must have yes. trained as a movement dance acrobatics guy in fact yeah his, his very first job go ahead garrett yes his very first job was the feature film xanadu yes xanadu with olivia newton john do you remember watching that movie in the theater I do. oh yeah me too me too and he played he did some type of what was he a tightrope walker or something he was like a that? tightrope that, walker yes. exactly correct and his first star trek credit is TNG, the episode Cost of Living, mm -hmm. where he played a juggler. So again, more movement type of uh, based yeah. uh, roles uh, that Albie took on in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the TAC-TAC uh, console, and now the role of Tash uh, or mm -hmm. Tosh. I don't know how you want to I think Tash. It. Okay. Well, Tash we'll, is what I went do with. Do a heavy A. We'll say Tash. Uh, so, yeah. So, Albie, honestly, I, th I think he looked great in that new makeup oh, in yeah. this episode. Fabulous. Yeah. And yes, and that's what we have for Mr. Albie Selznick. Did you have any other guest stars? That was it, right? Just oh, well, Scarlett Palmer's again, oh, Scarlett, Naomi, of course, Naomi of course. Wildman. And yeah. since we've talked about her before, I just went into a little more depth on her rock band life. Oh, please. So Scarlett, after Star Trek and after Reba, I think was her show. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Um, sitcom. Yep. She uh, started a rock band or she was, she had a, career or a time where she was doing rock and roll music. She was appearing on like New Year's Eve specials yeah. and like she was getting a little traction there. And it was very sort of like hardcore. I wouldn't call it metal, but her was band it punk? was. Was it punk then? It wasn't. It was kind of like um, a little emo rock. I don't know. It emo was that rock. kind of okay. skater, skater rock Sk back in the day. All right. It okay. And yeah. I had that vibe to it. Yeah. But her, her band was called Scarlet was the name of the band. Interesting. Okay. And, and you, I did find a music video called Insane. Wow. Uh, the song title was Insane. And it's oh. you can find it online. You can find a live performance of her performing that song. Nice. And so you get a taste of her music. So I thought I'd bring that up since we... Yeah. Often blow by her since now we've you know she's been on the show quite a few times. Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting information on her. Yeah. And another interesting fact is that 
her television mom is also a musician and yeah. started a band called Wench. So Wench, we're talking yeah. about yeah Nancy Hauer, who played Naomi Wildman's mother, Samantha. Must Wildman. run in the family. It has to. It it runs in the television family. Yeah. In, in that in that uh, twosome. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's super cool. And I I now want to go watch the insane music insane video music for video. Her, her band Scarlet. Yes. Okay. I'll check okay. that out. Okay, so let's jump right into this episode. We start mm -hmm. off in Cargo Bay 1. Naomi Wildman is waiting Was for seven. Was it Cargo Bay 1? Was it Cargo Bay Is it Cargo Bay, Bay 2? Let's just say Cargo, Cargo Bay, Bay 2. All right, fine. Cargo two. Bay 2. We start off in Cargo Bay 2. <laughs> Naomi Wildman is waiting for seven in a regeneration alcove. Yeah. She even has her eyes closed, like she's simulating regeneration. And she is meeting seven for their weekly game of Caddiscot. Seven uh -huh. says, you know what? I've got to reschedule. I'm busy. She's modifying her alcove to function as a cortical processing subunit. And, you know, little Naomi has no clue what that is. So mm -hmm. Seven explains to her that on Borg vessels, each Unimatrix has their very own cortical processing subunit, which downloads newly assimilated data to all the drones. And so now Seven's going to be more efficient because she's going to download, download, download. <laughs> Well, hey, she doesn't lay down. down. She, doesn't she stands she doesn't up when she does it. <laughs> she does. She's going to uh, downstand. She's going to downstand. It's going to download all the information to the alcove, like sensor information, uh, status reports, logs, everything. everything. Logs, everything. Personal logs. Gonna, yes. Every single thing that the yes. ship's computer has, she's yep. going to down. Yeah. Yeah. Co and then a couple, couple yeah. things I noticed in here. So this cortical processing unit looks like an old-fashioned hard drive it's like a big box like the size of a shoe box <laughs> that she's plugging into the yeah. side she's adapted it yeah and i as she puts on the giant hard drive onto the side of her thing jerry's jerry goes and stands at a monitor and she while she's talking with naomi i noticed yeah. she kept pushing the same two buttons <laughs> like literally because she had so much work to do she was just going like Top bottom, top bottom, top bottom, top bottom. I was like, isn't it a little more complicated than just, I don't know. Well, or maybe uh, she had to like input one at a time the same move. I don't yeah. know. But I was like, why are you just pushing two of those 25 buttons? When she's doing that, is she next to a graphic? Is there a graphic? Yes. Okay, yes. so that, that that graphic is the same repeated graphic over and over. Maybe if that's you watch that. It does, the same. She does. Yes. Yeah, that it makes sense. It's just now. like up down, up down, up down. <laughs> I've I've done okay. that before. Okay. I've done the same thing. Push the same two buttons. But you know, I'm not gonna talk. Don't judge I'm not her. gonna criticize. I'm not judging no. seven because. No. Or I'm going to say Jerry Ryan because the amount of dialogue that she has, yes. it's it's understandable. It's understandable. Yes. Agreed. Um, even even little Naomi says that she wants to try downloading this information, and Seven says, "Oh no, our physiology mm, it's different." No. And then Seven uh, says that she'll see Naomi tomorrow for their Catascot, uh appointment and no naomi then asks if she can watch the downloading if we go in, in process and seven just gives her a look gives her we, a very yeah. funny look there like it i don't know what the look was but it made me laugh it, it, was, it, was, it was a funny a look of like of death of the <laughs> it wasn't and then death. You saw it was a school oh, teacher i get it <laughs> the look of death you think she gave her the a look, of look death. yeah it was a look of death it was the, to me it was a look of reprimand so yes. you okay. can stick with death, which is a little harsh for a little girl, but you know, it I'm was death. Take... And it made me laugh that she <laughs> wanted to kill the child. 
literally. <laughs> okay, so that's okay. what made you laugh. Yeah. You lol because it was a look of death. Okay, yes. got you. We're in Janeway's um, quarters next. Go to yes. Janeway's quarters. Yes, dinner and with Janeway is, goes goes over to pick up a a, a like a what? casserole or something. Yeah, out of the replicator. Yeah, she says to Chicote, "Yeah, they're having a dinner, a nice romantic dinner in Janeway's quarters," and she says, "Chicote." I have been slaving over this replicator program for hours. And I laughed out loud. It is funny. That, what a great quote. A yeah. sla- slaving over a replicator program. I got to say, Minoski's added some zingers in this one. Yeah, he's got some, he's clever, got some good, clever little comedic moments in this episode mm-hmm. for sure. Well, she brings up this rumor. This rumor about half the crew on Deck 5 getting pregnant, which was started by none other than yours truly... Tom Paris, yes. you were in sick bay with the doctor who was running generational projections on the sick bay computer. Yeah, he was just doing some experiments. Yeah. I looked over at the monitor and I'm like, oh my God, <gasps> half of deck five is pregnant. So I jumped to conclusions, Chicote yes, says. And then yeah. Neelix found out and he wanted to convert a cargo bay into a nursery. And so <laughs> there's a whole thing about jumping to conclusions, which is interesting because that's what this episode is about. It pretty much is. It's a that, nice little like it's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah I agree. What it's going to be about, the rumors, the jumping to conclusions. By so, the way, yeah. I noticed as the credits were going over the scene. I don't know when it happened. It may have been all season, but I saw Jerry Taylor's credit said creative consultant. Oh. And I hadn't noticed that before, but I do remember in season six, she was not a full-time member of our writing staff. Michael Miller had left, then Jerry left. And Jerry was credited as a creative consultant this season. So I don't know how involved. So she had vacated her office at this point? Yep. Okay. So she left a lot. She was She had left a lot. lot. She'd okay. gone up to her retirement home and was, yeah, was sending emails California. from a distance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even think that didn't she open like some antique bookstore? Does that no, sound did she? right? Maybe. I thought that's what happened. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So Chicote asked permission to take a look at a nearby class K nebula, which is mm-hmm. about 25 light years off of Starbird. So it is a detour. But Janeway approves of the detour. Some more little witty dialogue. And then we move on to Cargo Bay. He says, yeah, the witty dialogue is basically like Janeway says, well, we are explorers, right? Yeah. And then uh, she asks Chakotay if he's ready for her home cooking. Yeah. And she remarks it's a recipe she try- she's never tried. And she right. says, well, Chakotay, we are explorers, right? Exactly. About that's, her food. That's right. Her- because he had said we are explorers earlier in his request to see this nebula. Yes, so exactly. she was hemming and hawing. So she mm-hmm. kind of reiterates or again, brings up the same line, which is yes. nice, Witty. The, re- the replicator program that she's been slaving over <laughs> for hours. Um, we go back to Seven's regeneration pod and Seven wakes up and as the camera pushes in. She's concerned. You see the concern on her face and she calls yeah. Balana. Yeah. And Bolana's response is you could it's it's oh two hundred. It's two in the morning. And Bolana's like, this better be important. I, I, yeah. I have to tell I have to say to you right now, Roxanne Dawson knocked that VO out of the park. I don't yeah. know if she you know woke up right before she did that VO or whatever exercise she did to sound like she had just woken up and was yeah. annoyed as hell. It was there entirely yeah. in that f- very brief uh, voiceover that she did. Mm-hmm. Good job, Torres. We go, we see a space shot of the ship at warp, and then yep. we go onto the bridge, and there's Janeway drinking some coffee. Yeah. So it's 0200, 
Yeah. And Janeway is on the bridge, which kind of surprised me that. It, yeah. But she's there. Yeah. After her romantic dinner, it just the time I, I got a little confused about timeline, but you know, the ship's got to work 24 seven. So. Or could at 0200, maybe that's when the discussion began with seven about what's going on. And maybe, and then maybe a few hours later, you know, at 5am mm-hmm. or 0500 that we have. The yeah. Bridge scene. yeah okay. Maybe that's why she's got coffee. It's yeah. five, yeah. morning, it's seven, seven in the morning. morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Janeway's drinking coffee. She sees some an interesting graviton fluctuation yeah. on sensors, wants yeah. to go there instead of Chicote's Nebula. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tom, you're the one that brings it up. Like, well, aren't we still heading to Chicote's Nebula? And yes. Yeah. No, she says, that can wait. We have to go check out these fluctuations. By the way, when Tom says down front, he says, uh, you know, Chicote's gonna be disappointed. The camera is down front mm-hmm. and it's pushing in. Yeah to Tom as as the focus shifts from Janeway in the background to Tom in the foreground and then Correct. back to Janeway. Yeah. And the, it was out of focus, I'll be honest. Oh. It was not a technically a oh. great uh, executed shot. And I just wanted to say, if people notice that that Tom's a little out of focus, he's like in and out for a second. Yeah. That's a hard move to do. Okay. For the camera to be pushing forward so yeah. your focus is moving as the camera moves. Right. And then the focus puller has to guess at Janeway walking towards Tom in the background. Where yeah. is she in focus? So she's moving, the camera's moving. Yeah. And then roll focus to Tom and then roll back to Janeway yeah. all as the camera's moving and Janeway's moving. It's a hard move. And yeah. I feel like when I saw that out of focus, I feel like I remember that being a hard move. I remember. Yeah that shot and it came back to me like chris kept going nope i don't have it i don't have it chris ishi our, our assistant yes he kept going no i don't have it this he was getting really frustrated yeah. I remember marvin coming over and yeah it's okay this is a hard move yeah it's a simple little shot but it it all of a sudden i just went oh i remember yes that moment and chris being very frustrated so. yeah that makes sense so balana and seven enter from the turbo lift and balana Basically tells the captain she wants to shut down the sensor network. Uh, mm-hmm. Sensor grid. Yep. The sensor grid. She believes that there's a pair of photonic fleas that have gotten on the ship. <laughs> and possibly their offspring have made a ho- their home in this sensor yeah. grid. Yeah. And Seven explains that using her new cortical processing unit, she's assimilated several teraquads of Voyager's database already in her mm-hmm. alcove. And she constructed this chain of events that brought the fleas. Right. And I love Paris's line. He goes, oh, learn while you sleep. I tried that once. Gave me a headache. <laughs> it's very. Thanks, Joe. I love it. Good little dad jokes off to the side. But even better was Torres's reaction to your joke, which was she didn't even. <laughs> deadpan. Yeah, so deadpan. It was like, wait a minute. This yeah. is your boyfriend. You know, yeah. you're supposed to laugh at your boyfriend's jokes, but yeah. mm, no. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. No, it didn't happen. But Seven goes through her version for the captain. She goes yeah. through this list. Now, this is the beginning of what you were talking about, these long oh lists of evidence. So yeah. she starts talking through, and we have these flashbacks to yeah. all these different events. All the things of, that happened. Yeah. yeah of the, Neelix making yeah. a deal for these spices. And right. uh, there's a there's a shot in the mess hall. Yeah. I thought was a weird shot of like, of the the camera was kind of dutched off of Neelix with to, the spices to replicate and, the the flies, correct? The fleas I, is what I it guess was. it was kind it of was like the to... fleas path. Yeah. yeah, but I have to say, 
that that device in this episode, I didn't think it was well done. It's not okay. a bad idea, but I didn't think the flashbacks felt dynamic. Right. We it just sort of went off of a close up of seven talking, and then yeah. it was then just a hard, hard in the, cut in the cargo bay. Right. Yeah. There the, was uh... no like sometimes with those things when people are listing off things that happened, you'll have like a flash frame. It'll flash, or it'll whip pan, or it'll do something to tell you, oh we're jumping in time. This just had these weird cuts and I didn't feel like there were strong transitions. So I didn't love yeah, yeah. that device in this episode whenever she, and there were a lot of them where we flash back to yeah. her, her version of the story. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was well, it didn't play well for me. Maybe there was so much to do for Terry that, that he couldn't really give it adequate time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, was trying to I mean, it's interesting thinking- the doubt. Thinking back to the previous episode where Bob Picardo directed and had in such detail, every scene transition was pre-thought out and it was for a reason, you know, going in and out of flashbacks to the, to the NASA, you know, um, ship or whatever, Mm -hmm. everything was very elegantly transitioned. And I, and I found coming into this episode, it was, it was just pretty basic. And I, I, I thought it, it, it needed a little more style on right. those flashbacks anyway okay no and we, that's I, I can i can definitely see that as well um so so harry was basically repairing a replicator in the mess hall and that's how mm-hmm. these these little flies ended up um, attaching to the sensor grid over there the conduit um in the nearby sensor grid has an unlimited supply of these plasma particles which is the primary food source for these fleas so every time the fleas tap into the sensor grid whenever they need food the sensor emitters momentarily lose their resolution which is bad so we and, now and tuvok is skeptical on the bridge you know everybody's kind of skeptical right even right. me as an audience member i was like oh like, sevens what? you know yeah. something's fritzing in sevens thing yeah. she's wrong yeah. she's got to be wrong there's something uh, something is up so yeah we go to the jeffrey's tubes yes we see them climbing up the ladder i always love when we use that vertical jeffrey's tube yeah. to climb up mm-hmm. it just makes the ship feel more three-dimensional it does um but they do climb it. So they is seven Bolana and Janeway. That's right. They climb down this uh, Jeffrey's tube, open up a panel. And sure mm-hmm. enough, there are fleas. fleas. Yeah. Mature she, fleas. Everywhere. Seven was right. They're everywhere. Yeah. So Janeway's to, happy. Like her reaction is like, oh, wow. Job. Yeah. She's good like, job. look at yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah. So at the outset, Janeway's kind of excited about this mm-hmm. new uh, downloading of information that seven's doing because it's it's kind of catching things that mm-hmm. we couldn't catch on our own mm-hmm. now we jump to the bridge and we find the source of the graviton fluctuations we are now hailed by an alien that tells us um you better you better boost your shields now uh yeah. we detect a massive graviton surge coming at voyager we raise shields voyager is rocked and yeah. the uh the device we find out that is causing this surge it actually catapults a vessel across space and Janeway's yes. interest is now peaked. And she says, I can yes. offer you help in repairing the power core, which is now causing all these crazy mm-hmm. surges. And we jump over to the briefing room. And by the way, we jump to the briefing room. So Tash now has a hoodie on. Yes. He's got, he's got a hoodie on. <laughs> I was like, why is Tash? We just saw him on the view screen. He didn't have a hoodie on. It was a great makeup. Yeah. Why does he have a hoodie on? Why is he covered up? Exactly. Because yeah. usually when we have hoodies, it's because the it's unfinished the in the back. Yeah, yeah, it stops right here at the edge. Yeah. So in this case, 
they gave him a hoodie to give him a hoodie, which mm-hmm. is fine, I suppose, but not needed really, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we learned that the core, the power core sends a graviton surge through the projectors, which locks onto a ship. And then it sends it hurtling through what he calls null space, which we call subspace, I guess. He's uh, explaining this with some props. He's got like, yes. he's got like a little thermos and a, and a coffee and a cup. Coffee or, cup. Uh, and he slides it as he explains this catapult. Yeah. He slides it down the side of the table into Chakotay's hand, yeah. which I thought was a cool shot. Yeah. I thought that was a very cool way of visually explaining this catapult. And yeah, that was, I mean, I like that. I like that uh, use of props by, because we don't really do that on our show. We don't use a lot of uh, props that are not specifically props like yeah. tricorders or whatever, but using coffee cups and thermoses. Is yep. a new thing here. And by the way, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I one time when I was at a convention, it was a Star Trek space celebration in Huntsville, Alabama at the Space mm. Center. Yeah. And that's where I got to interview Buzz Aldrin on stage. I got to moderate a panel. And I remember one of the questions from the audience was, yeah. what does he think the future of space travel is going to be? Oh. Buzz's answer was, he said, well, there's a couple of things. There's Two in particular that at the time he said, I think one will be like a sailboat where we'll be shooting energy into a sail that will, that will pull us through space at a faster rate. But the okay. other he described was a catapult concept. He said, there's, in, huh. in, you know, um, uh, t- tests and experiments now on oh this idea God. of taking a bunch of energy and catapulting spaceships. And he was talking about real life. Right. So I wonder, as I watched this episode, I was like, I wonder if our writers were at the time on top of the same sorts of experiments. And that's where they got this idea of a catapult. I don't know. Or did Joe Minoski see a recording of that panel? Of that, that panel. He moderated I don't know. him. Yeah. yeah. That's but very, it, very cool. Huh. Yeah. Even Buzz was talking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So this... Um, this device, this catapult, evidently will send a vessel hundreds, if not thousands, of light years away. Janeway asks if he's tested it or not. He says, yeah, I sent a probe nearly 600 light years, but in the process, the core was destabilized, and he's been trying to fix it ever since. Chakotay suggests sending an engineering team over. Too dangerous, he says. Mm-hmm. Torres says a few well-timed graviton surges from our deflector dish might adjust the core reaction from afar and he says well yeah that'd be wonderful but i have nothing to give you guys for your help and Janeway says no it's okay We're, we don't need to get anything from this but then he comes up with a brilliant offer of you guys can use the catapult after i use it so you know it's very enticing it seems like a win-win like it yeah we could, we could cut some time off of our journey home agreed and by the way at the end of the at the end of the scene he's very happy and he's made we've made this deal and we're yeah. and we're, we're gonna help him out Mm-hmm. And I love the way he works his nose prosthetic. Yeah, he does that little. He does the little. Yeah, yeah. It's, again, he's yeah. a physical clown type actor. He's yeah. done all this, you know, movement yes. and acrobatic work. So yeah. I love the way he worked the prosthetic into some real character mm-hmm. choices. I like that a lot. And the makeup department also did what you like them to do, which is make the hands look like yes. alien hands. Yeah. They didn't leave it as human hands. So yep. that's. That's one plus there mm-hmm. as well. All right. So we do have a shot of seven regenerating in the cargo bay before we move on to Janeway's quarters. And, and in that in that download, this time you see on the monitor, 
the space station, this catapult. That's right. Machine. You see, yeah. you see that she is downloading everything that we've just made this deal with Tosh or Tash. Um, mm -hmm. We've made this deal with him and we've got all this information on the ship's computer. So now she's downloading all of that knowledge right. into her board systems. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So now we go to Janeway's quarters mm -hmm. and I love this opening line. <laughs> Seven comes in and then Janeway says, good morning. And Seven's response, perhaps not. <laughs> good morning. Very funny. Perhaps not. So Seven says that Tash is trying to see to deceive us and that his catapult uses the same technology that was used to trap Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. Mm -hmm. Janeway says that she didn't pick up anything unusual. And Seven comes up with this theory. She says, when the catapult destabilized yesterday, astrometric sensors detected a burst of epsilon radiation. Epsilon which, radiation. Yes, which uh, is one of the byproducts of a tetrion reactor. Yes. Then she then says, a coherent tetrion beam is what locked onto Voyager in the Alpha Quadrant. Voyager was hit by a massive displacement wave, which then pulled Voyager across 70,000 light years in minutes. And the source of that tetrion beam was the caretaker's array and tasha's catapult essentially does the, the same, same thing, thing. Yeah. same thing janeway yeah. considers all this but she's still skeptical she is then, then seven says he didn't want you to send a repair team over there yes yes right yes yes so and that's when janeway's like oh so connecting those dots seven yeah. maybe you're right maybe he is suspicious trying to hide that tetrion reactor yeah. so you know so now now she's hooked janeway seven's mm -hmm. hooked janeway on her on her theories yeah she or has. at least the beginning of this yeah, right she's she's put doubt in her mind so she's so the like, next thing we we see mm -hmm. is uh we're in engineering tash mm -hmm. is there and the doctor is scanning him yeah well he protests in the beginning he's like is this yeah. how you treat a, a co-worker yeah so he's not happy yeah. he's not happy but the doctor scans him basically says there's no caretaker dna right we have that in our in our database the the caretaker info and there's no dna so he's Correct. not related to the caretaker in any way so they ask him about you know why didn't he share this information mm -hmm. about the tetrion uh, beam and the uh, epsilon radiation yeah uh, you know the why didn't he share that the reactor and he says well he hit it because there were there's many species out here who would try to steal this technology and mm -hmm. Janeway believes him. Yeah. She, she trusts him and uh, she, she decides to keep going. And, and she says, carry on. Right. But she walks yeah. away. Pulls seven, seven to the side. Yeah. yeah. And seven's like, well, here's, here's another theory. It wasn't completely destroyed. The, the array caretakers array wasn't completely destroyed. And maybe the reactor actually was you know, extracted from from the array before stolen somehow. Stolen, you know? exactly. Yeah, when we destroyed it, maybe it someone stole the technology or the parts that they needed to build an array like this, and so yeah. maybe it's not the caretaker himself, but it's someone who stole it. Right. So. And Seven wants to do more research, and mm -hmm. after her success about the photonic fleas, Janeway says, "Go right ahead, go do that research. Analyze the debris in our database of mm -hmm. the of the array being destroyed." So we yeah. go to astrometrics. Yeah. And there she is looking at um, images of the array destruction. And this is one of those sequences. She's all by herself. Yeah. And she keeps talking so, to the computer, well, asking, 
techno babble. I, I, yeah, I wrote seven interrogates the computer. Is what yes. I wrote. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but after all those questions, it boils down to she sees possible evidence of a tractor beam that's that's going on right when the explosion is happening. Just as the torpedo uh, is exploding, yeah, the array she yeah. finds in, a, in an extreme blow up of the image in yeah. the moment as it's being destroyed. Yes, what could be a tiny tractor beam, right? And she does get the information out of this interrogation of the computer. Yes, that the torpedo that was used had a much higher yield than was necessary. So yes. she does find that out here. Yeah. She, so she goes to the bridge. Seven, seven appears. Yeah. yeah, she walks in and uh, interrogates Tuvok in Paris about mm-hmm. the destruction of the yes. array. But didn't you, to me, I just, at this point, I said, okay, this is Voyager's episode of Suits. These are basically, she's an attorney. She's yes. gathering information for her deposition and she's going through everything. It's unbelievable. Um, and she's she, also, when she's interrogating Tuvok, I yeah. wrote down, how does he remember the exact yield yeah. that he used <laughs> off the top of my head. I remember exactly the, you know, the, the settings that I have. I can't even remember the settings of my coffee mug this morning. Like, <laughs> clearly, I, you know, <laughs> clearly Tuvok has a photographic memory. That's, that's Jeez-o. the only excuse. Yeah. Um, the, uh, she says uh, that the, uh, the charge that was de- detonated basically mm-hmm. opened up a hole in subspace. And then she proposes her theory about the tractor beam, which Tuvok, is doubtful and he says well i'm gonna need proof because until you can show the vessel yeah she does she's like oh okay let me go and see if i can find more Mm -hmm. um but yeah this 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 questioning bit all throughout this episode i kept thinking everyone is being so nice to seven and just cooperating with her no one's sitting there going like i don't need to answer these questions from you you're really annoying no one says that at all and whenever Whenever Seven hails anybody, like, you need to meet me now in Astrometrics, everyone's like, sure, I'll be right there. Like, nobody says, you come see us. Why are we going yeah. to see you? Yeah. So it was a very I want interesting... my lawyer. <laughs> I'm not talking to you unless I have my lawyer. Yes. Yes. That's what Tom would have said. That's what Tom would have said, yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of, you know, uh, that annoyed me. That was something that kind of got under my skin was the fact that it didn't matter where it was, what time it was, you know, she's barking out commands like she's the captain, mm-hmm. basically, and, mm-hmm. and interrogating everyone. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. So now we're in the mess hall, and mm-hmm. Seven is now questioning or interrogating Neelix, trying to corroborate well, Neelix, the theory. Neelix first says, hey, Seven, looking for a midnight snack? Yeah. And I was like, I'm always looking for a midnight snack. (laughs) Tom is probably, my guess is Tom is in there every night looking for a midnight snack. Because honestly, in my real life, I love a midnight snack. And the reason why you don't wake up in the morning and there's like crumbs on the counter. I'm like, what happened last night? Oh, the granola bar. Yeah. Are you trying to say you sleep eat? Is that what you're saying? And instead of sleepwalking, sometimes you I sleep do. Eating. Yeah, I'll just okay. wake up. I'll go get a sip of juice. A little, <laughs> yeah, I'll have a bite of that cookie. Sure. All right. I'm so I'm going to say problem. Tom was already in the mess hall at this point. You yes, not see him because he's in the refrigerator. That's yes. how he's just he's getting some juice. Midnight juice. juice. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight okay. juice. That sounds naughty. Okay. <laughs> so Neelix, uh, Neelix says that Kess always felt something else was going on with the caretaker in the array. And then Seven talks about maybe there was a third cloaked ship that was present. Voyager's sensor logs, unfortunately, were damaged during the attack, so she cannot be sure. And then Neelix says, wait a minute, my vessel, my logs are still intact. I have sensor records. You can have mine. Yes. 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 
Thanks, um, Neelix. Yeah, Neelix, you're a, you're a savior. And then we see the next scene in Cargo Bay with Seven downloading Neelix's sensor logs. Yes, another giant hard drive like a shoebox. <laughs> really big. Speaking of large technology, every time I see the doctor's hollow emitter, I go, gosh, that thing is bigger than a Polaroid camera. It's like, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's too big. Seven's alcove. She's doing the thing. And then we go to the space. We see the space station and Voyager yep. outside, which was yep. a cool shot back to the bridge and we're about to catapult tash and um so we're we're getting all systems ready and he finally says goodbye to you all and he does that wave that i thought was it's a very sort of formal goodbye to you all and sort of swings it around or something yeah well i just want to bring up looking at tash on the view screen his makeup Kind of resembles Threshold Paris a little bit. bit. There's a little little more dinosaur. He's he's a little more dinosaur, but he could be a cousin of Threshold Paris. Yeah. And then his garment looks a heck of a lot like Captain Mm. Proton's leather bomber jacket, actually. So there's again that the Paris influence always. Yeah. But Good job on the visual effects of the catapult. Cool slingshot. Super cool with everything kind of the energy kind of building up there. And that's what Buzz Aldrin thinks the future is. I'm telling you. Yeah. If you look closely, Buzz is actually there in that scene. I think Mm -hmm. so. Um, Seven Hills Chicote. He he takes off. We go back to the bridge and they're like, okay, it's going to be another couple of hours before we hear from him to see if if he even survives. That's this worked. Uh, then Seven calls Chakotay on the bridge uh, okay. in need of his assistance. In Astrometrics. Yes, Chakotay pops up and we yeah. go to Astrometrics. And he walks in and immediately Seven is says to the computer, computer, seal the doors, uh, deactivate all sensors. Okay, so what's your first thought when someone does that? Uh, romance? No, that they're going to kill you. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. go to I go to romance. You went to romance. I went to death because you said the death stare earlier. So I'm in the death. Oh yeah. You know, I'm in yeah, that she's mode a killer. Right now. Yeah. She so is trouble she's, for sure. She, she's trouble. Yeah. Okay. Um basically she says in this moment, mm. Janeway stranded us intentionally. Yes. Stranded you intentionally here. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, this is the beginning of seven trying to break up JC Shippers. <laughs> Seven is trying to well let's be trash pers- talk Janeway. <laughs> she is. <laughs> and they've just been having romantic meals with Janeway slaving over computer programs all yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. And here's goes seven starting to break it up. Driving a wedge between the JC connection and yep. and, and again, she she kind of the information she gives, she doesn't come right out and say Janeway. She says, you and the crew have been stranded in the Delta Quadrant intentionally. And then Chakotay goes, by who? And she goes, Captain Janeway. And that's when we have the music, the tense music, and we cut to commercials right there, the yep. commercial break. So we come back from commercial break, and mm-hmm. Seven continues to say that the captain and Tuvok are involved in a Federation conspiracy in collusion with the caretaker and possibly the Cardassians. Cardassians. Yeah. yeah. This and is crazy talk. It, crazy talk with the whole purpose of establishing a military presence in the Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Chicote mentions the Jankata Accord, where mm-hmm. no species will enter another quadrant for the purpose of territorial expansion. The Federation have signed it. The Cardassians have signed it. Janeway would never 
in a million years violate that, Chicote says. But the seven starts giving her proof. Gives all, another long list of proof. Oh, but the huge. main thing is that Neelix's sensor logs from his ship yes. shows that a Cardassian warship, warship was there. The caretaker brought a Cardassian over right before Voyager. Right. And that's something new. Um, it is new. And that mm -hmm. it vanished as well. Yeah. And instead so, of being destroyed when the caretaker couldn't find a mate. Right. Um, it just vanished. Yeah. So it was returned to the Alpha Quadrant, according to her theory, to deliver strategic information about the Delta Quadrant. She said that Janeway is using the catapult to bring more ships to the Delta Quadrant, a Federation Cardassian invasion force. Mm -hmm. Seven asks if Chakotay can be certain that she is wrong. And he says, no, he cannot absolutely be certain. So she now sows the seeds of doubt in Chakotay's mind. Yep. Yeah. So unfortunate that she talks about that they, that they fired tricobalt weapons. Oh yeah. He does yes. bring that up. Mm -hmm. and, is this standard on any, in a starship? And he says, no, we don't have those weapons. We typically. don't normally yeah. have tricobalt yeah. weapons. So why did Voyager have those? Yeah. And it's the only weapon that could, is capable of creating a tear in space. That's right. So this is all looking nice. like maybe Seven's making sense here. Oh, yeah. And she says Janeway and, Ch and Tuvok knew about these tricobalt weapons. Yeah. So they knew that they could possibly tear, uh, put, make a tear in space. Yeah. Um, she also thinks that uh, Kess was suspicious. And is that why she was gotten rid of? Yes. That maybe, you know, which I think is interesting that the writers sort of rewrite history a bit here. as They if do. As if, you know, the interpretation that Kess left the show because of some suspicion and, yeah. you know, whereas, no, Kess left the show because of the writers were writing that character off and they created a story of her, mm -hmm. you know, Ocompan evolution and mm -hmm. where she was in her life cycle and all yeah. of that. But, but it really, it's interesting that you can take almost any... Um, situation situation or any it. any chain of events and mm -hmm. make it suit your theory and say mm -hmm. look this is clearly what's going on and yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that is that's happening over and over again right now with seven there um, was a lot of by the way seven with all of these long monologues she had and, and mm -hmm. i too was very impressed with the amount of dialogue and information yeah. she was able to remember unbelievable but a lot of it was staged in a way that she was just pacing do you remember yes oh yeah and i didn't like the pacing i felt like that was unnecessary it was no kind of and I, arbitrary pacing. i think he also you don't like it because subconsciously that's mm. what you do when georgia is not doing what you want them to All do. right that's true so when my football team is losing yeah. as they were for most of the game this last week yeah uh until you pace. The final four minutes you pace you're I a pacer a and yeah. so subconsciously seeing seven pace makes you think of Georgia losing. Gives me football anxiety. Yeah, exactly. it gives you the heebie-jeebies. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically, we end the scene, though, uh, with Chakotay saying, well, he can't be certain. He ad admits yeah. he can't be certain that her theory's wrong. That's right. And seven says, just don't let her take control of the catapult. Right. And that's mm -hmm. how we go out on that scene. Yep. Sowing the seeds of doubt. So we go to the bridge and... The first thing I noticed in this scene, Chakotay's back on the bridge, and there's a, kind of a side angle and a close-up on him. Yeah. I noticed his tattoo was very faded. What? And do you remember that, you know, <laughs> what that was- What are you was talking about? His, his tattoo, tattoo where? On the, the, the oh, face oh, tattoo, I thought the Chakotay you said, tattoo. Oh, I thought you said Tuvok's tattoo was very faded. I'm no, like, Chakotay. Okay, Chakotay's. Chakotay's 
um, you know, uh, yeah. forehead tattoo was very faded. Yes. And all of a sudden I went, well, why was it faded? Because it was put on ha- by hand every day. Correct. Um, Michael Westmore did it himself. Correct. And the only time it ever got faded was when we were on the bridge for lots and lots of scenes. Yeah. And at the, near the end of the day, it would just, you know, the yeah. perspiration or body oil, know, oil, everything oil, whatever repelled the, uh, so yeah. this scene must have been filmed at the end of a long day. Cause that tattoo was very, very faded. <laughs> yes. But I anyway, agree. Good yeah. catch. Good catch. But we okay. do find out on the bridge that Tash has, has had success. He made it. Yeah. And we get some communications now from him. He's going to send the, the modifications shield modifications so that we can use this technology. Right. And he does a, he says at the end, he says, good luck. And he does this hand gesture, this like clasped hand gesture. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah. He does the, like, good luck. I don't know. He, he kind of was like that. It was like, good yeah. luck. Yeah. He was like trying to, I don't know yeah. what he was doing, but it was, it was definitely uh, um, a I holdover wonder, from macrocosm. Yeah. <laughs> from I wonder tech. if any of that was scripted or if Albie just did this himself. Yeah. That's you a know, question probably. Probably did it himself. I doubt those gestures were suggested in the script. I yeah. think it's something he probably added. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. So it's interesting because, you know, all that information, you know, is on a pad and Harry's going to take it down. But then Chakotay's like, Chakotay no, goes, no, 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 give that to me. So now, you know, Kim, Kim kind of gives him a bit of a look. He's like, what's mm-hmm. happening here? I'm not sure. But, you know, he doesn't question it. He hands Chakotay the the pad and he heads over mm-hmm. with the telemetry to engineering. He does. When he walks he... into engineering, by the way, mm. his tattoo is darker again. <laughs> so this must've been an early scene in the day that was filmed because from the bridge <laughs> to engineering, which is supposed to be moments later, uh, the sudden, tattoo changes very bam. distinctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you see. But he's, he says to Bellana, he says I, he wants a small change, like a 0.03 variance in the shield modification. And basically he's trying to disrupt the plan of yeah. us using this. So he, he doesn't want right. the captain to be able to use it yet. Yeah. And, so he's uh, he's basically asking yeah, Bolana to fudge the numbers is yep. what he's doing so that it'll cause so, some you know issues where they have to spend hours to fix mm-hmm. it again. So that's mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. We go to space. I think this is a, another commercial break. They talk about it and uh, she thinks that she should go talk to the captain. Bolana says she thinks she should go talk to the captain. Right. And he says, no, 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 no. Let's just buy some time. Don't talk to her directly about this. And then Harry comes in. Yeah. And Harry says, hey, the captain sent me down to help you guys. Work on the and fields. And mm-hmm. like, no, thanks, Harry. Too many cooks in the kitchen. We've got this covered. We don't need your help. Go go away. <laughs> I felt bad for you. You sort of look back and you like climbed up the stairs again. I did. Did you notice what I did when I was walking up the stairs? Uh-uh. I hike up the pant leg of, I adjust my uniform. Because it doesn't bend, it doesn't stretch. No, because and also those steps were the gaps between each step were Pretty more high. than average. Yeah, yeah, they were high. So I was afraid that I was going to tear my uniform in the in the crotch of the pants. I thought it was yeah. going to, you know. And it's 
Because it's think, more like a ladder than stairs. Yeah. Like so yeah. I had to do that little adjustment every, for every take because I felt like, oh my gosh, it's going to, my pants, is they're going to split <laughs> right in the split. butt every single time. Because I, I had feel done like that all before. of us tore our pants. At one at point or another, point. yes. We did at least tear once. Our pants. Yeah. Yes. So that was an actual concern of mine to exit that scene to not That's tear funny. my pants. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I remembered it from watching. I was like, "That's what I was doing. I forgot." Because I, I, you see my hand kind of move again uh, uh, across my uniform, like it's pulling it up a certain way, and that's what I was doing. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, we go to Seven's alcove next, and there's another download, and then yeah. she wakes up, and Seven calls Janeway this time. <laughs> it's urgent. Yeah. Get I need over to speak here. with you. In the Astrometrics lab. And Janeway says she's on her way. And when mm-hmm. Janeway does arrive to Astrometrics, Seven has already made her way over there from Cargo Bay 2. And she again says exactly the same thing. She she says, computer, seal the door and deactivate internal sensors in this room. And computer acknowledges. And Janeway is confused. And now she just, again, just lays it out there. She says, All the Chakotay she and the other Maki crew are trying to start a rebellion. Yeah. Another wedge, yes, between the JC, JC. romance. Yeah, look at oh. that. Yeah, but Janeway thinks she's I, joking. She thinks she's joking because yeah. yeah, she goes, "Did wait a minute? Did Chakotay put you up to this?" <laughs> she has sort of a winky eye that she I does. thought was great. Yeah, it's amazing. She's like, yeah. "Come on, really?" <laughs> it's funny. Seska's uh, gone. Really? Come on now. Yeah. But Seven basically uses all the same evidence. Yes. She kind of repeats herself (laughs) that she used with Chakotay. But this time, instead of accusing Janeway, like she did with Chakotay, she's accusing Chakotay and the Maquis. Yeah. And uh, I I just, I think it's, it's amazing, like you said before, how you can take the same pieces of evidence and look at them from a different angle. And it sounds like, you're justified when, when it's, it's all just assumptions. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. So she's saying that Chakotay and the Maquis are going to use the catapult against the Cardassian and Federation ships. So mm-hmm. they're going to attack the Federation and the Cardassians. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, you know, she's making all this stuff up again. And she also says to Janeway that this time in her evidence, she says Tuvok was collaborating with Chakotay. <laughs> yeah. And they they tried to take control of the array, but they failed. And yeah, Jane was like, that's not possible, Seven. But then Seven has more evidence that Tuvok mm-hmm. assisted Chakotay in plotting a course, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's unbelievable. Exact same information. Tricobalt devices, the same thing with the theory about uh, the tractor beam being there and the cloak ship. And that Tuvok and, um, did this on purpose because he was trying to deliver the catapult to Tash, who was oh, waiting for it. They were gosh. in a deal with him. Yeah. And Jane was like trying to convince her that she's making a mountain out of a mole here. Mm-hmm. here. But she, she even says to, to Seven in the scene, she says, there is no one that I trust more than Chakotay. Right. And I was like, yes. Yes. That's my JC attitude. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she goes into this long list of things, including his involvement with Seska and how he was not completely transparent about that. Yeah. In fact, doesn't the scene end with her just mid talk? She's still like spewing all this information out. Fades out. Fades out on that. And Janeway (laughs) listening to seven, just going down this list of, you know, the the trades with the Kalari and power cells and, and it, you can see Janeway's getting, as this list goes on and on, Janeway's starting to be shaken by it a bit. Yeah, it's getting, um, it's getting under her skin for sure. We go to the hallway next and Naomi 
catches seven walking down the hallway and yeah. immediately Naomi's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and, and seven is nasty to her. Oh, she's like, she's father was Cartarian, right? <laughs> she's like, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and seven's like, they sympathize with the Maquis. <laughs> Naomi's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Seven well, is so paranoid. She's, She's going to kill this child. Yeah, yeah. And then when she says, who are you working for? Chakotay or the captain? Because up until this point, until this scene, I thought, well, maybe she isn't malfunctioning. Maybe she is discovering things. No, she's really malfunctioning. Happen. She's completely malfunctioning. We go to Cargo Bay and Chakotay is there and Janeway enters. And Chakotay says, oh, I was, ch- I was here to check on a power surge that I detected and Janeway comes in and says me too yeah, I picked up the same thing they're very suspicious of each other yeah, they and they they come clean they accuse each other of like but again very 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 well written and very creatively you know yes. laid out in this scene how they come clean to each other they yeah. come clean they realize that this is all seven's paranoia and as they're leaving I like when Janeway says let's just keep this one out of our log shall we <laughs> They agree. And she does put her hand on his chest, which I've always said oh, is that romantic gesture. There you go. There you go. For the JC lovers out there. Yeah. The hand on the chest happens. Yeah. And before the hand on the chest and before the let's not put this in our logs, we do get Harry Kim hailing Captain Janeway, Bridge mm-hmm. Captain Janeway. He just picked up an unauthorized launch of the Delta Flyer with seven at the helm. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of, you know. Sends them out. The, yes, gets them out of this scene. Exactly. Yep. We cut over to the Delta Flyer for a minute, and Seven is piloting the Delta Flyer. Yeah. And by the way, does I told every, you, Lon, I can told everybody you pilot everything now? Anybody yeah. can fly anything? <laughs> yes. Like, there's Seven. <laughs> She's like using the knobs that Tom put in there that are the tactile, you know, <laughs> controls. She's using the knobs even to fly the thing. How do yeah. anybody can fly anything now, I guess? Oh my gosh! It, it, it's, I was a little it, jealous. Is it worry you a little bit? It does. Can it fly? does. Okay. Oh, it does. It's okay. job security. Um, <laughs> we go to the bridge. Janeway and Chicote enter. But you, did you hear what I said to you before that? I was like, what? "That's because you left the keys in the Delta Flyer. You're not supposed oh, to leave the keys there for her to right. take it." So you're right. Okay. You're right. All right. Continue. Yeah, we're Where on the we? bridge. Yeah, we're on the bridge. Janeway and Chicote enter. Tuvok says that Seven is headed towards the catapult. Yeah. Um, Harry says that she's altered her biosignature, so we can't beam her out. Can't even get a lock. You can't get no. a lock on her because she's changed mm-hmm. her biosignature. Janeway yeah. says, "Fire at her! Like stop her!" We go to space. We see that she avoids the shot. Yep. And then the doctor calls the bridge, and basically says he's down in the. Uh, the regeneration alcove analyzing what's been going on. And he realizes that there's just too much data in her cortical implants. Yeah. And she's trying to make sense of all this information, but it's more than she can process. Mm -hmm. She's overloaded her systems. Mm -hmm. And then Chakotay says he wants to go. Yeah. Janeway says she's going to beam over the Delta flyer. Chakotay Uh says, look, I'm going with you. Yeah. She says, no, 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 no. I think I have a better chance of getting through to her by Mm -hmm. myself, not with you there. And then Chicote, she also, yeah, yeah, he goes, "Oh, this isn't part of your mission, is it?" Like, so they're still giving each other crap, yeah. which is kind of funny. And Janeway's like, "Oh, is it part of yours? Is this <laughs> part of your yeah. mission?" So they're still suspicious. They can't they're quite still shake suspicious. it. No, it's very funny. We go over to the Delta Flyer. Janeway <laughs> beams in, yeah. tries to step forward, and there's a force field. Yeah. Seven set up a force field, yeah. so Janeway can't get to her physically. Yeah, it was very graceful how Kate. 
got stopped by that force field. Yes. Like typically when I've done scenes where a force field's there, I bounce off of it like, whoa, Janeway's like kind of gracefully ballet like kind of coming in. Well, and she stops. We know so. that Janeway has done the Dying Swan the Ballet. The Dying Swan Ballet helps her when she walks into force field. That little reference in an earlier episode has explained so much to me that Janeway <laughs> has ballet training and has this elegant, very sophisticated way of movement. It just uh, explains so much. Okay, good. Um, you know, Janeway says there is no conspiracy seven. Right. Um, but and then seven ahead. goes into this long, <laughs> yes, there is a conspiracy. And right. she goes through this evidence. This that is a new theory though. Says, this yeah, is a new one. <laughs> that now she's decided that seven is the captain's mission, that they yeah. want to, that everything they've done has been to get seven captured yeah. and send her back to the alpha quadrant so she can get dissected. Yeah. So they're going to cut her to pieces to sort of get more, you know, information on Borg drones so they can yeah. fight Borg drones more effectively. It's just completely off the deep end at this point. And Janeway says, no, this is a conspiracy of one. It's yeah. you. It's you're your creating <laughs> these. You're generating theory after theory to deal with the chaos uh, of, of the overload of your systems. You've dumped, you've yeah. dumped too much data into yeah. your, your uh, system. Yeah. And Janeway says, anything I say gets woven into your paranoia. And right. I thought that was a great line. Yeah. Because I've been in that situation with in real life yeah. where like, I can't talk my way out of what someone else has already decided. They yep. decided and yep. whatever I say just gets woven into that same story. I agreed. People get so attached to their stories. Agreed. But I do, I do like Joe's writing here because he then, you yeah. know, the way he has Janeway get through to seven is really kind of, she using starts taking own... yeah she's using her own medicine she's kind of using that she becomes the interrogator she becomes mm -hmm. the prosecutor the the head the lead da in this case and starts but but when she says it though the difference robbie i felt was that she, everything coming out of janeway is very soft very calm very relaxed yeah. there isn't that that seven of nine sort of um manic sort of and where were you on the night of the third the 30th you know and you did this and da, da, da. and jane was just like and then you know, Janeway, you know, told seven to do. And so she's talking in third person in this. She's talking in third person. Dialogue. She's going through this timeline. And I love, I love that Janeway could remember all these specific star dates. Yeah. <laughs> star date, blah, 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 blah. This happened. And star date, blah, 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 blah. Well, I love I she showed you love this one. way. Yeah. yeah. She messed and up she on gets one to date. the very yeah. end. Yeah. She does ultimately say, trust yeah. me, trust yeah. me, seven. Right. right. Seven. Obviously, Janeway got through to her. Jenner's yeah. uh, seven's response is it was star date five, two, eight, four, two at oh, 0600 hours in the mess hall. And we had I just finished breakfast. Yes. yes. And she remembers. Yeah. Of the point when she first said, thank you to captain Janeway. So yeah. um, very moving scene. Very moving it actually scene. was. It yeah. Was. I think if the music was a little bit better, I might've had some tears. So sometimes Aww. that'll push me over, but um, yeah. Anyway, it was, but seven lowers the force field. She does. And Janeway said, trust me. She mm -hmm. lowers the force field. Yeah. And then we go to space. We hear a captain's log that we did use the catapult. Yeah. Roger used it. We catapulted three years. Three years uh, off our journey. Off our, ahead of our journey. After we get the captain's log and uh, all is all is good. We go to Cargo Bay 2 mm -hmm. and uh, Seven has been repaired and she's working in there. And Naomi enters. Yeah. And Naomi tells her that she has... Uh, assimilated she says i i have assimilated three books and 10 reports seven and then naomi says 
hey, what are you doing? Are you taking your alcove apart? Yeah. Um, and Seven responds. She says, well, it's not broken. It worked, but I didn't function properly. Yeah. <laughs> and Seven tells Naomi that it's important to learn slowly. Yeah. So that information can be digested and appreciated properly. Yeah. And uh, she she then says, like playing Cadiscot, meet me in mess hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Naomi runs off to go wait for her to play Cadiscot. And uh, we go off a seven there. It's a very sweet ending. I love the yeah. bookend with with Naomi. Mm -hmm. um, I love having a kid on the show. I wish we all. I wish we had more. Naomi Wildman scenes with everybody. It just brings yeah. out great stuff. Yeah. So the very last scene, we're now in Janeway's quarters and we have a little bit more, a little repartee between Janeway's Chakotay. Janeway talks about saying that she heard the strangest rumor today. Apparently the captain, the first officer almost came to blows. Chakotay says mutiny. And Janeway says, well, the first officer walked the plank. So I heard. So I, again, really just Fun, creative, lighthearted, light yeah, you know, yeah. still sort of like not entirely trusting the other person, but still throwing those little, little barbs out left and right. Um, and, but then they sort of come to a reckoning, you know, Chakotay says, well, seven was malfunctioning, but we don't have that excuse. And Janeway's like, yeah, you know, you're right. We've been through so much together. Um, we need to make sure that we keep trusting each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And Chakotay goes, yeah, you didn't poison the coffee, did you? So it's still happening. And Janeway's like, not any more than I usually do. And again, uh, very funny job with, with Joe Minoski and his dialogue. Yeah. My theme, my lesson for this episode is that sometimes too much information can create confusion. Yeah. And just to go slowly and verify. Yeah. You know, just like Seven tells Naomi to, you know, go slowly so you can digest the information and appreciate it and process it properly. You can't just like Google a million things yeah. to verify, to, to line up with whatever you believe to begin with, mm -hmm. because anybody can, you know, I, I think we've all learned that. And with the, you know, the internet these days is you can find something that will verify a story if you want to okay um so mm -hmm. go slowly verify that you're finding things that are really true and digest it so you can you know you can act properly mm -hmm. yeah what about you what's your theme yeah um similar similar it's sort of the age old fable of the tortoise and the hare in that race and mm -hmm. slow and steady wins the race slow and mm -hmm. steady wins the race moderation is key Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, engaging in this excessive behavior, because really she was trying to cut down the she was trying to be more efficient and she was trying yeah. to to basically do things faster, you know, and sometimes yeah. faster is not the way to go, mm -hmm. because whenever you rush yourself, guess what happens? <laughs> you overlook things, right? Mm -hmm. You miss things. Mm -hmm. You don't smell the roses. You're just rushing around like a rat in a maze. And so really, it, I think the lesson here is just is just to take it easy. You know, moderation is key. Don't rush because you're going to make a mistake. So it reminds me of, I remember when my kids were young, the school mm. that they went to was a bit of a, a different kind of unconventional kind of learning crossroads. Yeah. They went to Wildwood. Wildwood. Uh, Wildwood. School. Yes. Mm -hmm. But um, I remember one night uh, the head of the school was talking about in the high school, as they were just opening this high school, they were, mm -hmm. it had been an elementary school first and they were opening a high school and they wanted to do things a little differently. And they said, look, in high school, a normal high school 
as a freshman, you might read, you know, six books in English class that year and do reports on the six books and yeah. blah, blah, blah. She said, we're only going to read one book, but we're going to dive deeply into that one book. Wow. And we're going to cross it over into when that book was written, we'll study the history of that time when that I book was it. written so that you're not only reading the book for its for its literature value, yeah. but you're reading it in the context of learning in your history lessons mm -hmm. about the time it was written. And then we're going to use math. We're going to find ways of, you know, you know, crossing math into it. So our math wow. lessons will re relate to some of the themes. Wow. So they're only going to read one book all year. So don't wow. be panicked when they're not reading six or eight books, Yeah. but they're going to learn how to think deeper. And I loved that, that way of thinking of, you know, just because you read a hundred books doesn't mean you've thought about them deeply, you know, it's mm. better to read one book and really squeeze every ounce and every lesson out of it mm -hmm. and, and know the context and all that. So I, I, that, that just comes to mind as we're talking about seven's lesson in this episode. Yeah, no, that's an interesting story. And yeah. on that note, Robbie and I are only going to review one episode from season seven. And we're going <laughs> to just right. go deep dive into that deep, episode. Deep, deep. And then we're, we're going to learn math and history from that one episode. <laughs> we're not going to do that, but still it's very interesting because you don't, you're right. You don't do that in, yeah. in high school. You, you, you expose yourself to a lot of different books and to be able to have one for that, that freshman that year is pretty year. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So time for our ratings. Yes. Your rating and my rating of this episode. Yes. So what yes. do you give this episode? Even though I like the lesson of this episode, yes. the intellectual idea of it, and yes. even though I'm very impressed with Jerry Ryan's performance and mm -hmm. a lot of performances, yeah, it did not grab me this episode. Okay, I struggled to stay along for the ride. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a six point eight. Okay, and a lot of it had to do with the transitions as well. They didn't jump yeah, as just the, much yeah, as I, they I could have the, for you, right? To feel more dynamic and. Yeah. and and emotionally engaging or yeah. visually engaging, that could have helped mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. Um, so 6.8. All right. I, I'm going to give it a 7.1. So I'll give it a little bit, a little bit oh, higher. Than you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, here we go with our Admiral and Captain average rating for the Voyager conspiracy. 7.7. .7. Oh, 7.7. Wow. Boy, wow. they liked it. They did. They liked it. You know, I'm kind of surprised. I'm yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because the format of this show is so different from everything else that I think that there's some people that gravitated towards it saying, oh, I like this episode. It's so different yeah. from every other Voyager episode. So yeah. 7.7. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our recap and discussion of the Voyager conspiracy. Join Robbie and I next week when we talk about the episode Pathfinder. For all of you, Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. <laughs>